Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo, and we are here today with Cameron Norris and Ruth Jilka. Welcome, guys. Hello, thank Hello. you very much. It's so good to be here. So good to be here. Beautiful fall weather we're having. This I is love awesome. It. So we're Gorgeous. experiencing the sunshine outside and then the S-O-N sunshine <laughs> through his words. This is this is great. For those of you who've joined us before, welcome back to God for uh, welcome back to Reflections from the Heart. And it's an outflow of gospel reflections. There's a lot of gospel reflection groups in the area that meet now, sometimes on the phone or Zoom. Uh, some are meeting again live. So if you're interested in learning more about gospel reflections, just visit Stewardship Mission. Dot org or give us a call and we can connect you with an existing group. We can help you start a group. Uh, so Reflections from the Heart is a, like a little mini version of, uh, of the one-hour gospel reflection. So welcome back to those who've joined us and for those who are new, welcome the first time. If we could, uh, Cameron, just start us off with a prayer. Yeah, I'd love to. Welcome the Holy Spirit in and, uh, and see how the Spirit wants to move. Absolutely. Thank you. Father God, thank you that we get to come before you as your children and have a relationship with you. We, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you be with us now as we open up your word and we seek for revelation and for truth and for wisdom. And we thank you that you have given us eyes to see and ears to hear through the Spirit what you want to say, what you want us to see, what you want us to hear. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for loving us first. We love you. Jesus' name, amen. 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 Beautiful, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who have a Bible or can access uh, the, the readings on the web, that'd be awesome. It's Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Matthew 18, 21 to 35. And Ruth, if you can read that for us. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of the servant let him go and forgave the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. 
Instead, he had his fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. We just want to send out our our prayers to the the families and anyone who was affected um, by September 11th. Uh, 2001. So, you know, just know that, that we will be praying for you, uh, for your loss, for your continued healing, and, uh, and for your, your forgiveness as, uh, as we hear in the gospel. Uh, so God bless each and every one of you. Yeah, you made a good point, Rob. Uh, you're saying September 11th for those that were impacted. None of my direct family or friends were in the towers or part of the saving crew. But I think we were all affected. And I think sometimes, whether you are directly affected, a close loved one was in the building, or it just kind of changed our world uh, for a period of time, or let's just say for even now, uh, things are different because of that day, some decisions some people made. And here we are faced with the choice of what we just went through with the gospel. Do we hold on to this grudge against people we've never known um, because we we know some choices that they made that took a lot of other people's lives? Do we look at those people now and hold this grudge that we think is going to make it a little bit better by saying, I hate that family, that people group, that religion, whatever class you want to put them into, or are we going to live, choose to live in forgiveness from our heart for them and actually pray for them, lift them up when they come to mind and live a life of freedom as opposed to bondage, living in forgiveness as opposed to unforgiveness. And that, that was a while ago where, yeah, that was 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, our oldest daughter was born September 28th, uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. So, wow. you, know, the, you know, the the events happened on the 11th and then just a you know, few, week late, few weeks later, new life. So you, know, you get to see the, you know, just how, how precious life is. You know, you, you just saw, you, we, we got to, for those who, who were, you know, as you say, Cameron, we're all affected. So we all, as a nation, were invited into the lives of those who were lost and their families. Just so many beautiful stories of, of courage and heroism. And, you know, so we got to see people celebrating, you know, life, mourning the loss of life. Uh, and then, you know, we had a new life uh, yeah. come. So it's such a gift. Life is such a gift. And we don't know. We're blessed with now, right? The you know, three of us are here. We have, you know, Michael in the, in the, in the, in the engineering room, you know, the four of us are here in the studio. You guys, wherever you are, are are where you are. And it's the moment it's now. That's the only 
That's the only time that's guaranteed is now. Everything's a gift. Everything's a gift. So, you know, I think remembering is, is good. Being Absolutely. reminded is good. Yep. And I think that's just a, a constant call to action for us is to live our lives being open to be reminded. And when we're down and people remind us through their kindness that, well, God is real. You right. Know, so allow ourselves to be reminded and then allow God to use us to remind others that, you know, he is real. He, God loves you. God is mercy. God is hope. God is joy. You know, he wants the, you know, he, like Jesus said, I came so that you would have life and have it abundantly. Yep. That we have to, you know, be reminded of that. So, you know, I'm just praying for myself that I'm open to, to allow myself to be reminded and to allow God to use me to remind others. Well, and I think it's interesting, you know, we, you know, if Peter wants to take the low bar. He wants to, you know, seven times. That's pretty tremendous. And Jesus wants, he wants all of us. He wants us totally transformed the 77 times um, because, you know, non-forgiveness, that brings in bitterness, rage, fury, anger, distrust, all these horrible things. And yet, who does it ultimately impact? Ourselves, because we're the ones holding this burden. And he wants us transformed. Um, he wants us to to be, um, to be, you know, he came to bring peace into the world. And that's what forgiveness does, because then you let go that thing that's been bothering you, that thing that's been eating you alive. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Um, you know, and the, 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 the man says, you know, be patient with me and I'll pay you back in full. And how, what a great reminder that God is so patient with us that even when we fall, even when we, you know, we may feel like we have to forgive something over and over and over, but he's patient with us. All he wants is our repentant heart to, to come back to him and forgive that person. And, and that person may not change that situation may not change, but the change that's happening is yourself, Mm -hmm. that you now have a different way of viewing the whole situation. You now can see that person, even if the whole situation has not changed, now you look at them through the eyes of love as God looks at them, and that transforms you despite the situation. Yeah, and he wants us transformed. How do we do that? By the renewing of our mind, by... By being in relationship with him, how do you see that person? How do you see that situation? So, something that came to mind while we were just talking here, it doesn't, it doesn't mean we forgive the enemy. We still have an enemy, but the enemy is not the person. Mm-hmm. Does the mm-hmm. enemy use people to wound us? Yeah, he'll do anything he can. He'll use any person, any remark, words, something that somebody didn't mean or they didn't mean how they looked at you. He'll use anything and he'll plant a seed in your mind. They hate you. They, they want to kill you. They, they want to destroy you. They're plotting against you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whatever the condition of the soil is, which any of those seeds, they get into our mind. And if something takes heart, if something takes root, that's why we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Is that something I need to talk to the person about? Is that something that's totally crazy? That's not them. That's not who they are. If there's something to talk about with your brother, I think we just talked about it last week. Go to your brother and talk to him. 
don't let these things get planted in our mind and then one after another, after another, after another, they build up and now there's this anger in our hearts. Where did it come from? Came from who the real enemy is, not flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. So kind of what I was talking about at the beginning, is there a people group that we hold a grudge against? I'm not saying for me, just in general, anybody, whether it's uh, the events of 9-11 or somebody did you wrong during your life or your family or maybe something closer, the person, they deserve forgiveness um, because we've been forgiven and we've been instructed to forgive. The enemy, no, he, that's, that's not who this is addressing. This is, this is person to person. And I feel like this is divided up. So Matthew 18, 21 through 35 is divided up into two sections. The first section talks about the guy who had a debt that was a huge amount. I know other translations say uh, an unpayable amount. It, it was so big, you couldn't do it. And mercy and grace was given out to him. And then the second half of it is a story that I think more of us can relate to. It's, yeah, I know, okay, sure, don't, don't worry about what happened to me, but how are we going to deal with this thing? Uh, I, I think this is an illustration of how the kingdom works. Um, we want other people to live a good life or fall in line or treat us well and I think it should be more in the front of our minds, how were we treated? Um, I've been forgiven. That's a pretty big deal. There, that, that's a pretty big deal that, that my past in the eyes of my father is erased, and he wants to spend eternity with me. And yeah, what does a dollar or five dollars or a... a, a bad way to look at me or say something bad. What does that matter in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things? If I look at what I've been forgiven of, there should be a lot I should be willing to forgive others of. Well, and I, that it brings to mind that while we were still his enemies, you know, Jesus came to, to forgive everyone, but while we were still his enemies, so this person or situation or whatever that needs forgiving, in this case, it's the debt, but whatever debt is in need of being forgiven, um, we always have to keep that in mind that Christ did that for us while we were still his enemies. So this, this situation or person that we're forgiving may still appear as an enemy. But we're forgiving that person and letting all that debris that's surrounding the situation, it, it's still there, but it's now we're seeing it through almost tunnel vision. We see that person. We're forgiving that person. And that debris may still be there, but we're, we're now seeing, you know, through the eyes of Christ, how he views us. And he views us with such love that he died for us before, before while we were his enemies. And what does that say to the value of a person? Tremendous. Before or after they were forgiven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Loved mm -hmm. and beloved. Wow. Yeah, you can determine the value of something by what you're willing to pay for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the price of the person that is living in sin, it was worth the Son of God. Whoa. Mm -hmm. One of the ministries within Stewardship, a mission of faith, is, is called the Fathers of St. Joseph. And the, the mission is to reach out to men to give an example and, and what greater example could we have than Joseph, right? God could have chosen anyone. Yeah. It's not that this, this dude was 
you know, available and you know, <laughs> let me just pick it. No, he could, he could have chosen anyone to be the virginal father of Jesus, the son of God. He chose Joseph. So if I'm going to follow in someone's footsteps, I want to be a father on earth, like the father in heaven. I need to follow in someone's footsteps. And Joseph is, is such a, um, a great example. And to your point, you know, we have so much that we can learn from, from him in, in all aspects of life. And a lot of it is like, how do we, like, how do we break away? How do we break away from the noise and, and go into silence? You said your father, right? Your father loves you yeah. And, yeah. and you're worth dying for. It's a big deal. And, you know, the hardest thing, you know, this ministry is, you know, geared towards men, but the hardest thing, I think for anybody, Ruth, maybe you can speak on the woman's perspective, but I know at least for guys, Cameron, to break away in silence, to carve out time in silence, to know how much we're loved by receiving that love. I just, just being with the father in silence every day. It's hard because we, like, you know, we want to go and go and go and do and do and do. And, you know, we need to break away so we can, so he can say how much we're worth. Right. We can be reminded how much we're worth by him. So I don't know if, if, if yeah, well, as truly, a woman you feel that way The as well. same, you know, the cacophony of, you know, for those, you know, out in the workforce, for us, you know, if we're in the home, we have a million voices and activities and jobs and and it can become this cacophony of, of swirl, that you need that quiet. You need that reminder. You need to to quiet yourself so that God can speak to you, and and He just showers on love and mercy, mm-hmm. um, reminding us the love and mercy He gives to us, so that we can then take. We're supposed to take that out into the world, whatever your place is, wherever your place in the world, your vocation. We're supposed to take that love and mercy out to the world. So we have to take a moment, a quiet moment with God, reflect on His Word, reflect on. So that he can speak to us, so that we then we have something to take out in the world. You can't give something that you don't have. And if we're mm-hmm. supposed to give out encouragement and kindness and love and forgiveness and forgiveness, <laughs> hallelujah! Yeah, you can't reach into an empty yes. bag and give that stuff out, right? And if, if if the listeners or just us at this table, when I reflect on my life, I think about people when they spoke kind words to me and what a difference that made in my day, in my week, in my year, in my life. And I've been able to tell those people later in my life, uh, I still remember when you said this word of kindness to me. And it's kind of crazy. They're like, yeah, I think I kind of remember that. I mean, this impacted my life. Mm-hmm. And the difference was for them, their bag was full because they mm-hmm. they have they have a I want to say it the wrong way. They have the secret room, right? They're getting their cup filled every day by going face-to-face with God. And when you live out of that abundance and you run into somebody, sometimes it just splashes out of you. <laughs> hey, you look great today. Whoa, where did that come from? As opposed to the world's against me. Who am I going to run into today? And and just... just this negativity, and it could come from anybody. The enemy is constantly trying to let you know you're not worthy, you're no good, you hate everybody, everybody <laughs> hates you. That's his voice. That That is, you can't buy into that. And if any of those thoughts get into our mind, back to the transformed mind, 
Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take every thought captive. If a thought comes in that's not from the Father, I don't think it deserves a place in my mind. Mm -hmm. And how do you discern in your life, Cameron? How have you discerned what is... John 10.10. So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundantly. Mm -hmm. So if if there's death, Mm -hmm. uh, looting or destruction has the fingerprints of the enemy on it. Is this a thought that is going to bring reconciliation, forgiveness, love, kindness, self-control, fruit of the spirit, right? If it's going to go down that path, then it check it out and get counsel if you need to. But that sounds to me more like the voice of God than let's figure out how we could divide this thing. You know, it, it, is the Lord looking for unity or division? Unity. Absolutely. Okay, so so if a thought comes to mind, I mean, we we could we could do a million examples and never be done. But if uh, it, even I love part of what I love when we get together, so we're not all the same denomination. Mm-hmm. And even when you when you have different denominations that say Jesus is the way, the truth, or the life. Um, you can get down a wrong path of whatever it is. We interpret it this way. Well, I heard this better interpretation. Well, we were told to interpret it this way. You go down that path, is that bringing unity or division? Now, there is there is a time and a place for theologians to discuss those things. Mm-hmm. But let's let the theologians do that, and let's love each other. Mm-hmm. And let's say, my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ— mm-hmm. Wow, you've been forgiven too. Me too. What a wonderful feeling. And I, Rob, I remember this. One time we got together with some people and um, we, were, we were having a, a conversation of Catholic, Protestant. And I forget exactly where the conversation was headed, but right away, your first thing was, if we start with the things that divide us, we'll never get to the things that unite us. But if we start with the things that unite us, we'll never get to the things that divide us. Mm. Love that. Whoa. Yeah. Do you remember saying that? <laughs> that sounded good. Dude. Uh, you sure that was me? That was you. It blew my mind. It's like, you're right. Because it's hard. It, you start with the things that unite us. How do you get past the cross? I mean, right. whoa. What took place on Calvary? <laughs> All right. You can have the rest of the stuff. If we agree on that, great. Mm-hmm. Wow. The blood of Jesus set me free. Yeah. That's Hallelujah. That's beautiful. Um, our daughter Grace is doing oh, a ser- yeah, doing a service year, and she and the two other young ladies that are serving with her in Kensington, they go to different ministries each day. And there's one that uh, they do a Wednesday night praise and worship, and uh, and they're they're evangelical Christians. Yeah. These three girls are Catholics, and they're coming together because the love their love for the Lord. Has has encouraged them and moved them to find him yeah. in the streets mm-hmm. of Kensington and the people that are hurting, and now they're serving alongside of each other. They're praising and worshiping our Lord, and you know maybe walls are being knocked down in in mm-hmm. both parties' minds. You know, maybe yeah. they haven't hung out this close with you know Catholics with Protestants or Protestants with Catholics but them coming together out of love for God mm-hmm. love for his people seeing him in in the disguise of the of the distress that's going on there is bringing them together 
praising and worshiping yeah. our Lord. Yeah. One, one of my favorite stories that uh, happened in the last two years, uh, one, of, one of my things I love about uh, Pope Francis. So it was a group of uh, Protestant pastors, uh, some from the area here. They were asked to come out. I think there was maybe 40, around 40 of them. And they're, they were asked to go out to uh, meet with the Pope. And this conversation started with Pope Francis saying, this is the 500-year anniversary of the Reformation, and I would like to ask for forgiveness on behalf of Catholics mm. for any persecution that you or anybody you know has felt over that period of time that has come mm. from our camp. And he's saying this with tears, and you could imagine the other 40 Protestant pastors did the same. They, mm. You don't have a—I mean— it, of course, you have a choice, but in the moment when forgiveness is in the air, mm. it's like, how's this meeting going to start? And honestly, there wasn't like an agenda. It was kind of like, huh, um, I know he has unity on his heart and mind. I know that's something that we hear from him all the time. He starts with that, and you can imagine what the other side, the the Protestants, they said, we, we have to ask for forgiveness too. And wow. the meeting went very well, and it went long over time that it was scheduled for, but they were just really loving it and having a great time. What a beautiful way to start things, especially if you know that there could possibly be any type of mm-hmm. division or animosity, whatever it would be from that steal, kill, and destroy camp. Mm. You don't combat it with a loud tone and a pounding fist and a I'm right, you're wrong attitude. The kingdom's different. You want to be exalt- exalted, you humble yourself. That's how it works. Mm. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. And, that, you know, can't ask for a better call to action. Earlier this week, we celebrated the life of Peter Claver, who came from Spain, I believe, to South America, and he ministered to the slaves. He, he left his comfort of his, of his wealth and, and all the wealthy people he, he hung out with, and he ministered to slaves. And they say that he, through God's grace, baptized like 300,000 Wow. Slaves. Mm-hmm. He just lived and loved them, showed them Christ, invited them to become part of, of the family. Right? He didn't. He wasn't looking at the periphery. He was meeting them there. You will know. They know those three hundred thousand. They knew he was a Christian by his love. That's awesome. And love is action. Yep. Right? Love is action. So I think we're all called to to take action. Take this call of forgiveness, which is love, and you know, mercy is love in action. All right, so let's let's pray that we can be the reminders that God forgave us and we need to forgive each other. God bless each and every one of you. Talk to you next time. Bye. God bless. Bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.